Ladies and gentlemen, mech warriors and mech fans from around the world in the inner sphere, welcome to another roundtable meeting with Russ Bullock, this time with a focus on competitive play in MechWarrior Online. That includes, of course, both the official MWO World Championships as well as community-run leagues and tournaments. Joining us tonight, we have, of course, Russ, president of Piranha Games, and MWO lead designer Paul Inouye will also be joined in a bit by the leaders of some of the currently active community-run leagues and tournaments, including MRBC, Run Hot or Die, Star League, and more. Although we are having a discussion with select community representatives tonight, you are also welcome to participate in the discussion via Twitch chat and the appropriate threads on Reddit and, of course, the official MWO forum where they will be read and can be a part of the greater discussion. As usual, Twitch chat will be moderated, so please behave so that you can continue to share your wisdom with the community for the remainder of the night. Thank you all for being here, everybody that's in chat already. We appreciate it. Hope you're uh, having a good Friday night or Saturday morning, and we appreciate all of you out there that are staying up late for this. We really do appreciate that. So let's get this started, show our appreciation by getting it started. Russ and Paul, happy Friday to both of you. Thanks for being here. And how did your last week of March go? Are you guys ready for the weekend? Well, I've been waiting all week just for this roundtable. So, um, no, it seems like this roundtable we planned it was about a month ago. And uh, We've been talking about it for a while, yeah. Yeah, it's taken a little while to come together. But, no, it was a good week. Um, we, uh, well, there's always lots going on, but it seemed like this was a particularly active week as far as uh, some changes being discussed, you know, decisions being made and some really important things, in, including uh, regarding the stuff we're going to talk about tonight. So, yeah, it was a good week. Excellent. Paul? I've been documenting like mad ever since Russ threw me under the bus last week. And yeah, <laughs> just getting so you're ready, ready to for go tonight. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you being here, man. And uh, I think I'll introduce uh, the, the, the rest of the panel here or whatever when we get to the other side, I think, of an uh, announcement or two that you have, Russ. Would you like to kick off the night? Yeah, sure. And um, Paul, you just, uh, you know, jump in when you need to. I guess first off, I think um, it's important that we do a bit of a summary, perhaps, on the last roundtable we had. Because, Absolutely. Yeah, the roundtables have been very good, been very effective so far. And um, sometimes... You know, I know Darren and you and I and all of us kind of think long and hard about, you know, what the proper format is for each of these things, because sometimes it feels like, you know, it's more suited to a town hall. And sometimes, you, you know, it's very focused on a round table. This time is a little bit in between. And that's we, we kind of talked a bit about that, because I have some things I'd like to share that might be a little more town hallish, you know, announcements and things. Um but the announcements are very specifically related to to comp and then of course so we wanted to invite the you know a lot of the members of the comp community to be here for those announcements but of course since the announcements are happening tonight it's going to be very difficult for them to kind of provide feedback on that announcements and or for us to necessarily comment or implement things on a feature that's just announced um, however, we'll do our best to kind of ride the middle ground here, and I think the uh, the guys have come prepared to sh share some other kind of unrelated thoughts and things that we can improve. Um, obviously, this is all going towards ramping up for the end of the year. Uh, we have every intention to hold a Metcon this 
um, you know, December. Uh, you saw that the uh, uh, the survey that we put out earlier this week. So no official announcements yet. We're getting close. And obviously a big part of MECON is a tournament. And we haven't, um, you know, announced anything yet. Uh, so we're getting there. And so I guess, uh, first off, just a quick summary on the quick, or sorry, the faction play roundtable. Um, I can say that, you know, those features um, are in development and I, I'm not going to, I guess, commit specifically, but I guess I would just say that a large majority of the items we talked about um, were very good ideas. And even though some of them take a fair amount of work, we think they're worth the effort. So, um, for example, like um, spawn point selection is um, in the design phases, and I think it looks promising. So on a, from a timing perspective, I think what we see here in the new year is that a lot of times we work on a lot of major features for that December, um, you know, Metcon or that December time frame. the last couple of years, whether it was the Metcon or the year previous, it was the Steam launch. And that's kind of a culminating point for us and our game. And in doing that, I think we have a bit of a, bit of a dead spot on the other side of the new year. Uh, we try to our very best to not make that be the case, but, um, you know, we, we've had fairly light patches here for the first couple of months of the new year, but we've got some really large features that are kind of piling up on us here. So some of that kind of affects the development of the faction play roundtable features. Uh, a significant amount of those features are in development and have been in development for a couple months and are very far along, but there's still several very important features that um, we'll be able to get started on right away. So I guess what I'm saying is the faction play roundtables, there's been a couple of them. They've been very effective. And I think even, you know, the community itself said after the first one that, uh, you know, pretty much all the feedback was incorporated into the last um, version of faction play. And I think that's, it's looking quite promising that that'll be the case again with the latest faction play roundtable. Um, it's just as, as people know, we've got, well, we've got a new feature to, to announce today and you, you'll know right away when we announce it as to why it's taken priority, even over some faction play features, because um, it's needed. It's kind of a critical feature that we need. And, um, with the skill tree, we've had to take some additional time as well as the incursion game mode, some additional time to make sure those features are right. So that's kind of definitely kind of piled up some features here that are going to come out here in the spring. Um, so that's getting really exciting. But uh, yeah, just again, I think the round tables for faction play have proven to be very effective and the large majority of features that we've discussed at those um, round tables have come to fruition. So just, uh, I know there's a lot of people out there. They've been playing the current version of faction play for a while. Um, they'd really like some of those tweaks and adjustments made as quickly as possible. And just want to let you know that we are currently working on it. Um, and you know, again, the, the feedback of those. It's obviously it, you know, this is, we had two faction play roundtables, like you mentioned after the first one, most of that stuff that they brought up was implemented in the process of doing that same thing with the second one. And I'm hoping to see a lot of the same uh, going forward with 
whatever other roundtables we're doing, which includes tonight's with the competitive play. So do you want to move us into uh, your first announcement there? Sure, let's let's get on that. Um, we have a new feature. Um, so you guys know about some of the features coming up right now. The big ones are, it's looking really good. We're pretty much committed to April for the incursion game mode. Uh, there's going to be a post uh, sometime really soon, I think. And it's going to tell you some of the changes that we've made since the PTS. Uh, the PTS was very effective in giving us feedback on things we should change. Of course, it's the same thing with Skill Tree. Um, that's uh, we're still targeting for a, a May release on that feature. That's our target. So you got some really big features both in April and May. And we have another feature that we are targeting for June, and that is a new um, competitive ranked mode for MechWarrior Online. So Paul, I'm gonna do my best to. Uh, give a high level summary and then i think we can dig into that even go a little deeper and make sure that we're given you know as many details as we can um but i just will put out a caveat of course is even though this feature is in, in full development right now we are still making um changes i mean just as early just as recently as the middle of this week we've made some um fairly major changes to the front end of the feature because we um, identified what we thought would be some problems when it came to uh, the community and the teams and what information is visible, basically competitive reasons to make sure that everything's as fair as possible. And so we, we had to make some changes. So this is how the feature will work. And as usual, I mean, this feature will definitely have to be version 1.0 because it's important for us to get this feature out in the early summer or as soon as we can manage because it has a very important role to play. We would really like to have another world championships late this year, like we did last year. And we'd really like it to be um, not have to, we'd like to avoid uh, the necessity of having a giant, you know, 200 team. How many matches was there again? Bandit, you guys know, and oh my God. Paul, like whatever, so yeah, many matches. Six. It oh, took sorry, a really long matches? time, and it was... was I'm lot. sorry, Paul. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I thought you said teams, but if you're talking matches, it was quite a ways up there. I believe it was around the 7,000 mark. Right, and it was a lot of work. It took a lot of effort and very hard to organize. And so we'd like to avoid having to do that this time. So the only way to really avoid doing that is to create a proper ranked mode in MechWare Online. Um, it was a major commitment, I think, by us because... Our competitive scene is, I think, very healthy, but also not huge. So, I mean, but we had to really dedicate some serious resources to it. But I think, you know, we feel good about it. It was overdue, and I think it's going to be really well used. So what the way we see this working is you'll log into the client as normal. And at the moment, I think we're envisioning it that it'll actually be another tab up top. So you'll have a new tab. And I think we're still trying to decide what that would be called. Comp. I don't know. I mean, we got we got to think of something that works nicely up there. Um, competitive mode. So you'll go to that competitive mode, and here is where there'll be a new notion in MechWarrior Online of the team concept. So the rules are the same as the World Championship rules. So it's an 8v8 mode, 8v8 competitive mode. So in there, 
we've already got, as you know, in MechWarrior 9, there's the notion of the group, there's the notion of the unit. Now there's the notion of the team. So you can go in there as a team leader, very much like the web version, I suppose, we had last year. And you can create a team. You can send invites out. It'll be eight plus four alternates. So a total of 12 can be on the team. People accept those invites and come in. The um, team leader can adjust those players into who's mains and who are alternates. Um, set some permissions, perhaps permissions like which of the 12 players have the ability to launch matches, perhaps if the group leader isn't there. And once this team is made, you'll go into a new lobby style screen where you'll see all the teams that are present. And there will be, this is a, so I'll let Paul, you just think of all the things I'm missing so you can fill in the details, but this is a, a true ELO matchmaking screen. However, this is not, it was very, this was really key to us and really important for us if we're going to make this because we don't have the player base size that some of these huge games have. So there's no way we were going to try to create a matchmaker to, that would be waiting. And, and that teams would be waiting and waiting and waiting. That's This is not the type of environment we want to have here. Like, There is a matchmaker that is looking at ELO, and it will be very forceful even at making sure that the right amount of the right ELO teams are matching against each other, but it won't wait. It, it will. The way we're thinking about doing this is that we will have a, essentially, but this, this is a tunable value, but it was important for us that even though we look at other games that have done features like this and have done it very well, we try to, you know, copy and mimic them as much as possible, but we have very specific kind of problems with Mecro Online when it comes to matchmaking and community size and things. So we can't match them exactly. So in our case, we're thinking about having, a, there's essentially a game clock. At the moment, we're just designing it around the notion of a three minute game clock, not a game clock, sorry, like it's a lobby clock. And that three minutes can change. It can be five, it can be 10, it can be one. But let's say it's at three minutes. And there might be 20 or 30 teams here, everyone from the top teams, top competitive teams to, you know, just friendly beer league teams. Um, and everyone, once your team is all there, you can ready up. And essentially when the clock hits zero, it's going to match up as many teams as it can. So if there's eight teams that are readied up, it's going to kick off four matches. If there was nine teams rated up, it's going to kick off four matches, and the one team that didn't go would have top priority for the next time, for the next three-minute countdown. So this is the way that we can ensure that it isn't just a, a black box environment where you come into a team, hit search, and just kind of wonder and hope and pray that there might be someone out there. And that you'll, you'll see them all listed. You'll know who's, what teams are there and who's active and what's available. You'll even see how many teams are in the queue. And when the clock hits zero, I mean, before it hits zero, you can, if your team's all ready, you can say, okay, we're ready. And when that clock hits zero, that matchmaker is going to kick off as many matches, you know, divided by two as it possibly can. And the recent changes we made were that to make sure that the players were, even though they know which teams are there and active, they won't know when the players enter the queue or the teams enter the queue. So, there's no way to essentially, I guess, avoid each other. That was really important for us to make sure that the 
teams or don't they could they just ready up and they play and so um and this is just a little side note i suppose um nima uh, you guys know him he's an engineer that worked for us and works for us again i'm not sure how many of the community really knew that he's he didn't he had left he was gone for a few months he's come back so we're so excited to to have him back and and he was our main matchmaker guy and everything in the past and he is working on this feature um taking point and all the engineering and stuff so that should give everyone a lot of confidence and so once this clock hits zero everyone's going to get matched up so if there are um you know even elo teams or as even as possible the matchmaker will make sure they get put together so you'll have as competitive matches as we can however this is a very hardcore open mode that we don't want to have weight so there's just no chance really of our community size being big enough that we're going to have like tiers or um, i guess um what's the term i'm looking for yeah whether it's tiers or um, brackets divisions i mean hey if, if things you know get way more um interest than maybe we expect maybe there's a small possibility we could go there but certainly initially it's just like here it is it's the comp league and if 20 teams match up and there's you know four beer league teams in there and like four top end teams yeah they're going to get matched up appropriately because the matchmaker will be very good at doing that in this case it'll be very almost brute force was the word that Nima used like it'll make sure they get put together with with no waiting but certainly if there's only two teams rated up when the clock hits zero and one is as casual team as possible and one is the top team in the whole league they will fight without any waiting. Um, I want to make sure that's clear. That everyone understands that. Um, so I guess, uh, obviously, everything is going to be based on a, an ELO system. Uh, what's the fancy word, Paul, for the for the system we use? It's zero-sum uh, or whatever. It's, it is a zero-sum ELO. Basically, it's ELO as it's being written for chess, right? Basically, it's a team that's going to get their uh, ELO rating, or sorry, ELO rating, and it is zero sum. So if one person goes up, another one's going down. So it keeps the bell curve centered. Uh, and I know there are some of the guys who are joining us from the comp scene. I know you're throwing a lot of comments and questions into the chat right now. I'm, I'm sorry, there's just no way I can no, we'll, focus we'll you and read those up. questions and, and try yeah. to comment on those right now. I'm not Go ignoring you. Finish what your, your, your announcement and we'll do a follow up yeah. after. I'm not ignoring you, but it's just, I'm not that skilled. So let me see, Paul. So obviously there'll be leaderboards um, and you'll clearly be able to see the leaderboards. We had the notion of live scores, but we had to uh, had to remove that, unfortunately, just for competitive reasons. Because once you can see a live match and know who's in the match, then you know maybe your top competitor's in a match, so you know when to enter the queue. So we spent a lot of time the last couple of weeks really thinking about those notions. We don't want to have any competitive problems with this. We want it to be... You know the top teams matching up against each other to really make sure that there's no way to game the matchmaker or the system to help you know boost your score that or your elo it, that it's truly the best teams are the best teams so there'll be of course the leaderboards and um this is there could be the chat there'll be a new comp chat tab in there that people can hang out in this lobby and talk i think we're still discussing this a little bit there certainly will be like a I think kind of more of a global comp tab for all the players in that comp area at that time. And then there'll be a team tab, of course, where you can talk as a team. And this will be kind of a hangout spot. 
where you can uh, ready up and launch into these matches and get your ranked play. And um, Okay, so smaller details. Once you're readied up and the matchmaker matches you, then you'll go to, there'll be a, a vault screen. So very similar to what we had at the World Championships, you'll be able to eliminate uh, the maps that you don't want to play on until you, you know, get to the map you're going to play on. Right now, it'll be 8v8. It'll be Conquest. Um, it, we have to be very um, focused for us to get this feature out in June so we can use it. So initially, it, it won't. we won't really have the ability to, I guess, uh, change the game mode or do things like that. It'll be locked into kind of the tournament rule set. Of course, that's kind of necessary anyhow if we're going to be doing all these ranked matches and things. So... But you'll vote out the maps and, uh, of course, get your score changed, go to your ranked leaderboards. And, you know, we're still figuring out how we're going to use this. But obviously the idea is that once the feature's live, we will allow the community to play with this feature for a couple, three months. And then it will establish the rankings. At that point, we will decide and choose a certain number, the top teams. I don't know if that's 6 or 12 or... I don't know yet. Um, we're still deciding that. We could use some input from the community, of course. And then we'll probably have a small a small tournament just over the course of a, a week or two or less, maybe over a weekend, I'm not sure, to maybe take that dozen down to the final number that we'll bring to Metcon. So important bits um, that I missed, Paul. Okay, I think some of the stuff I can talk about is going to cover some of the questions that is in chat right now. Um, the big thing is that, yes, the map banning phase is going to be happening before the mech launch, which means you're going to be able to choose your map and then your mechs. So you can choose your mechs after uh, the, mech has, the map has been decided upon. Uh, the other thing is that when it comes to comp play, the actual feature set, it comes in two uh, states. When it's in open season and closed season, in open season, your 8v8 or 12-man uh, roster composition can be updated and swapped completely at will. So if you want to keep just one guy in your unit and kick everybody else out and bring in 11 other players, you can do that, right? Uh, the part that is not... Well, sorry, when we switch it over into closed mode, that means you're going to have your eight dedicated players and four alts. When we're in closed mode, you cannot switch those players out. You can only swap the alts with the core team, right? Um, another thing is cross-faction, or cross, I wrote cross-faction, but this is actually cross-region gameplay. This is something that we're going to have to do purely based on the fact that we don't have the numbers in every single zone, or every single region that we cater to to actually pull off these massive uh, World 2 World Championships type tournaments. Um, there is going to be cross-server gameplay. We have a balancing system that we can probably go into a little bit detail later, where it's going to basically say, if you've been forced to play on a server that is not in your region, your team is going to get a weight. That weighting is going to say that the next match that you play means you play on your local server. This means across the whole globe, like you can have North Americans playing uh, Oceanic, Oceanic playing uh, North Americans, and the amount of time that they spend on each region's server, which should be around equal, right? Um, yeah, I think that's most of the stuff that I heard and thought maybe it was over. Yeah, I guess I'll last. jump in on the server thing. 
Um, I guess the way I'd put that right now is that's just the best idea we kind of have at the moment. And the idea is designed really just about trying to be as fair as possible. I, I definitely feel like that is an area that we'll, when we get talking to the guys here, we can kind of hear what they have to say. I'm not sure what our representation tonight is on non-North American teams, but that's definitely an area we, we, we can, have some. We can kind of do, you know, we we could do anything we want there. That's not set in stone, but that is that's what we've come up with so far to try to make it as even as possible. So, it'll it'll basically ensure that you get to play on your server as much as theirs. So it's kind of even. So. Otherwise, uh, again, this is kind of one of those unique problems we have in in MechWare Online. Is you know we're not Counter-Strike Go and League and these enormous games that have so many players per region that they just don't have to worry about this. I mean, but we we kind of have to live with each other. And faction play, we made everybody live with um, North America only. Kind of hands were kind of tied on that aspect. Well, we could always revisit that as well, but. I don't think we can do the same solution here because, um, well, that's that's just a pretty big advantage. I mean, it's I don't know how we could you know make it fair for the you know the European because I think and I'll throw this out there now. I think Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, but believe that one of the bigger pieces of feedback from last year, and I think what this thing is going to allow us to do is, yes, we can determine who the top teams were per region, um, and perhaps it still will be a certain number per region that go to um, those qualifiers or whatever we're calling them. But I think we're, we're you know, fairly seriously considering the fact that those that actually go to Metcon don't have to be one from each region like it was last time. I mean, it is possible it could be multiple from one region, or if not all from one, re one region. But if we if we allow it to be that way, because ultimately we want what everyone wants. We want the three best teams in the world there more than anything, rather than just having the best one from each region so we can have as much the best competition as possible. But in order to get to that pro point, we have to make sure that all the ranking matches over the course of those months is as even as possible. And so I think that we need to provide as much opportunity as we can for you know, teams to play on their region servers. So again, that was the best idea we'd come up with at this point. All right, so now we're about uh, 25, 30 minutes into this. Russ, should I introduce the panel now and let them give some feedback on that specific announcement? Do you want to announce anything else and then open it up for feedback? What do you want to do here? Yeah, I see a few other questions in there, but let's let's go ahead and introduce the guys and they can they can ask some of their... I know this is... Um, their, head, their heads are flooding with questions. We may have some of the answers now. We may not have all of them, but uh, let's do that and then... Hopefully we'll still have some time left that we can take some, you know, some general comments and feedback on comp in general that I know the guys have come prepared to talk about. Absolutely. Okay. So joining us tonight, as I mentioned, <clears throat> the select community representatives, they're all leaders of some uh, community run event or league in some way or another. I'll go through the list right now. Uh, joining us from MRBC, we have Doyle. Uh, MRBC is pretty much, I guess, the the, the largest community run league uh, currently in MWO uh, and they did I just get informed uh, got informed before this they set a new record with 77 teams participating at this point I don't know how much more time there is uh, you know minutes hours um, but it's another record for season nine congratulations to you guys uh, we got bandit b17 he's obviously a shoutcast for MWO WC MRBC and more the magician representing run hot or die 
and they were we were just discussing this uh before we started the actually the first community run tournament but not just that they were the first tournament altogether in mwo it was held back in closed beta and not yeah i do remember i did actually participate a little bit in shoutcasting sorry about that for any of you who remember it but uh they've been around forever and, and are still uh, active as well proton he is here representing uh imperials star league we've got uh, the silken representing mech warrior uh mech warrior arena it's a 1v1 solaris league live 1991 he is uh eu and he is here representing battle for midway um, oceanic oceanic sorry <clears throat> I, I wrote it down but didn't read it properly uh Taoist here he's representing clan wolverine and exiles 1v1 solaris tournament that happens every month and Xavier is here, kind of in some ways representing the newest to the group, but uh, also representing in some ways the oldest. Uh, Xavier is here for NBT, Net Battletech. And yeah, it's that Net Battletech, if you know from MechWarrior 2, 3, 4. They go way back. So uh, that is our group tonight. And um, yeah, I'll open it up. Um, the Magician was the first with his ex. So, Magician, it's yours. You there, sir? Yeah, sorry. There we go. I no worries. Forgot to push my button. So yeah, yeah no first I just want to say I'm uh, excited about this feature, but I mean I have so many questions, and I'll try to keep it really brief and just you guys run through what you can. Uh, first of all, the biggest one is: Will ranked mode allow all max selected, or only C buildable max, etc.? Because we don't want teams to have an edge because of pre-orders or like the MC buys, just as you guys did in the last World Championship. All the max are available when you're in that mode. So I'm curious how you're going to handle that. And uh, the other big questions were, can you play in the mode with people not on your team? Or have you guys thought about solo ranked queue? And any thoughts on seasons? So it's not like a super long ELO grind over several months. Um, I'll jump on the last one. Yeah, I mean, the initial season, I think, is going to be pretty well defined. I think it will be seasons. And because, it, let's say, hopefully we can hit this June patch for this feature. Um, we'll probably only have, well, let's say it's middle of June for the patch. Then you have middle of July, middle of August, maybe first of September-ish. So, because we want to have, ideally, we want to have the teams decided on who's coming to MetCon earlier than we had last year. Um, travel arrangements and a lot of reasons. So, it means that we probably only have like two, two between two and three months, roughly. I'm just kind of spitballing here in order to kind of get our rankings established before we have some kind of deciding, you know, tournament, some kind of qualifying tournament with the top X amount of teams. So I think that's, there will be seasons similar to that. Well, once, once the um, season ends, I suppose, is at some point is when we go into lock mode where we'll have the tournament build like we had last year. Um, so, because we would probably continue on with our patches in the fall, September, October, November, and possibly have a lot of balance changes and things. So we'll, we will need to lock in again. Um, it'll probably lock in um, somewhere around that time we have the qualifying tournament to pick our finalists. So there will be a point when we go to a locked build onto the in the tournament build like there was last year. So there will be seasons, but I guess somewhere in that two to three month range is kind of what I'm thinking they'll be from a length perspective. Um, what were the other two again, the other two questions? First one was uh, regarding um, what mechs will be available as far as like, uh, you know, MC only mechs, et cetera. 
all of them? That's a really good question. Um, yep. Obviously, it's handled. <laughs> it's handled on the tournament build, as you said. But in the live game comp tab, I'm not sure we have a solution for that yet, to be honest. So as we mentioned at the top of uh, the show, you know, some of this stuff, you know, there won't be direct answers or simple answers, um, but this will be taken like I think in this case right here and obviously discussed. So these questions are appreciated. Keep them coming. Uh, what was the second question you had, Magician? It was, can you play in the mode with people that are not on your team? When, was there any thoughts about a solo ranked queue? Uh, no, um, there's just, there's no hope, guys. I mean, we're already worried that, uh, you know, we're pulling who knows how many teams times eight people out of the existing queues, solo queue and group queue and faction play and such. And so um, if I'm understanding your question right, there isn't like just like a way to play 8v8 now in like totally different casual quick play queue or something. This is ranked play matches. Every match counts to your ranked mode and ranked and leaderboards and ability to qualify for the tournaments and official, official, official. All right. Does that, does that answer the question? Yeah. I just got to sneak one really quick also because it's an important, I think what you're talking about with maximizing activity, any thoughts about having match time windows such as during prime hours um, for the different time zones, that way you get the most teams in the queue and they know when to show up to get the, you know, the best chance of getting matches. I think about that all the time. I mean, that's kind of a, as you can imagine, that's an idea that's floated to the top probably 300 times since we started developing faction play because faction play is similar. It's like, hey, let's, you know, let's potentially have a, a three-hour conflict window at the prime time for each of the three regions or something. Unfortunately, the idea never makes it because it always gets shut down by <laughs> what you can imagine thousands of people saying well what do you mean you know i live here i can only play then i can never play it this time and now this is a little different because it's organized teams so maybe the idea because otherwise with faction plays you can imagine it's kind of like chasing like a moon calendar it's like well you know when am i going to actually be able to play when this thing's active now with teams you can form your team with that kind of information already in mind so i think it can be discussed again um yeah, I mean it has merit for this because you you got to know when you can fight when you can play each other. But I guess the question would become, um, what are the right hours? You know, magician. Since you brought it up, would you like to give a, a very quick, solid argument for it so it can be on record here and and be listened to post meeting? Well, I think the biggest argument is you just get the most teams, right? So you're you're most likely to have um, teams actually getting matches when it ticks down. You're most likely to have uh, the most competitive matches, which will have your best ELO indicators from that. You know, just as a, it, it's like almost having a daily tournament, right? For like three hours during, say, 9 to 12 p.m. Eastern or something like that for the NA servers. And leagues have kind of done this already, where we have uh, scheduling hours where you're supposed to schedule your, your times within. That way, teams already know ahead of time these are times you're going to play. It makes things a lot easier, um, as opposed to teams duking it out on the NA server at 4 a.m. Eastern, you know, things like that. Well, I cool. just want to touch on that just slightly. Um, when it comes to choosing what, when are those good brackets for hours, right? Um, it's always that game of, well, like, 
kind of like what Russ was mentioning is like what works for everyone and there is no real set bracket that will work for everyone. I mean, sure, you could go for East Coast, North America, West Coast, North America, even Central has a different uh, set of hours that would be best for those players. But we just wouldn't be kicking off like the sheer number of games that we could if we just said, you know what, play when you want, play when you can, right? And at that time, it's like, if you guys want to crush during Pacific prime time from 5 p.m. until 8 p.m., uh, North, North America, then, hey, you're going to get a lot of matches, right? If you want to stay up a little bit later, head to North Eastern uh, prime time, get some more matches in. This is trying to alleviate the whole notion of kind of like how the round robin dictated your life, saying, no, you're going to have to play within this time frame. This time, with this system, it's just saying, play when you can, and you will get seated, right? Now, having said that, there's no doubt that I'm, again, I like the idea. Uh, if an idea could, if, if time slots could be presented that, that somehow worked for everybody, I, I mean, I do think it would be great just because there's no doubt. I, I really have no idea how many teams are going to be created. Like, on the one hand, anybody can create one now, right? I mean, you and, you know, seven buddies can create a beer league team that you don't, you don't really care if you win or lose. And kind of like we've seen with faction play with units, there could be, there probably will be hundreds of these teams created. But, but after a few weeks, how many are playing? And is there going to be 10, 20, 30 in there in any given moment? Will there be times in the middle of the night where there's just a couple of teams? I have no idea. Certainly it's something I worry about. Uh, but for now, we don't have, we really don't have any idea how, how many teams are going to be in there. So it would help if we could condense the teams. But if we just take North, North America for an example, you'd probably have to have a fairly large window. Like what would it be uh, somewhere between 6 p.m. Pacific and, See, I want to say like midnight Pacific because, I mean, we live Pacific time zone because that's what we think about. So there's like, maybe you could squish it down from 8 p.m. to midnight Pacific. That would be, but that's, now you're 11 till till 3 a.m. for Eastern. That's way too late. So you got to pull that in to like maybe 6 Pacific to, if you went only from like 6 to 9 Pacific, then a lot of Pacific players are not going to be able to play until 8 or 9. So now that they run out of time. So now you got to make your window probably at least six hours and you make it six hours per region. You're up to 18 of the 24 hours anyhow. So that's the problem I have. So I guess I, I, I need a solution presented that makes sense. And every time we try to sort of think about it in that regard, we just, it just, uh, just falls apart. It just doesn't ever come together well enough. But, um, and I'd like to ask a question though, because I am a little bit stumped on the, uh, you know the mech pack type of thing i totally understand that but i'm not i mean for the tournament build it's easy right it's not it's not your main live account we can give you all the c builds in the world you can buy whatever you want all the any mech packs anything any heroes whatever you guys want play with i don't think we're there's no way we're going to be able to have this the same solution on the live game account so and, but then again, in the tournament build, you're going to be able to play on anything. So you guys, I mean, thank you for that comment because that's that's a real stumper, to be honest. I don't really know what to do there. I'm not sure what you guys was guys would suggest. Well, um, 
I, I, we do have an order. People have been, uh, you know, uh, raising their hand. Essentially, does anybody have a, a you know, specifically a solution potentially for Russ on this subject matter in the panel? Uh, if not, then we'll move on. The only thing I can think of personally is uh, just make sure the finals is big enough to make up for, you know, if somebody was say buying all premium mechs just to skirt by. They'll they'll get flushed out in the finals then. That's the only thing I can think of. But can you how about providing me some examples of I just want to make sure this isn't a situation of um perceived advantage, but in reality it's not. Meaning oh. you know, all the best mechs in the game are already available for C bills and therefore it's a non issue kind of thing. The is, problem with that is you often release mechs that are OP, like the Kodiak 3, and then it's an MC. If, you, if you're not going to buy that mech, you're going to be at a you know, disadvantage to the rest of the teams. But those mechs are all available now, though, right? Well, uh, likely if the Roughneck comes out. Yeah, I mean, most likely, so I'm just thinking live here, and we'll, so we'll skip ahead here. We don't have time to dis discuss it. This is something we'll have to think about, but... Um, which is probably going to add to development time, of course, and this is why we do these things. But well, as we, we may also... have to have a way, Paul, of like putting a cap on the mechs. So I don't know, just so like you know, we say okay, as of this day, you know, the pat the day the 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 feature goes live, but uh, have a way of like blacklisting mechs that are future packs that are released. I don't know, because there is going to be a few months there um, of the qualifying time of the ranked matches before we you know, get to that finals. Actually, yeah. Um, and even Eagle Slayer is saying in chat, right, lock out the MC-only mechs in the matchmaker for the comp arena, right? That could be something we could look into, right? If it's an MC-only mech, you can't field it. But what about when the tournament build comes around? Keep the same rules? Like, would that be acceptable? Just keep it consistent? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that could work. We'd have to talk to Nima to see, um, I don't know, what, what that entail. We'd have to, because um, you know there's going to be ramifications all throughout the UI when it comes to your, the mech select screens and stuff. And yeah, you know, it's quite a bit of work there probably of like trying to gray out all the mechs that are not on the, that, Maybe your, you know, certain flags on them or something. So we'd have to give that some thought and get an assessment of how much work that is. But um, we're gonna have to do something because obviously we this has to be. We can't have any holes like that. You know, it's when we talked about you know the matchmaker and the lobby screen and stuff. We made a couple pretty big changes that to make sure that the teams did not know. You know. They can look at the team, they can see what players are on there, they can see that they're active, but they don't know if they're in the lobby, in a match, or where they are, so that there's no way to, you know, avoid each other. And so this is similar. Like we can't we have to make sure that it's completely even playing ground. So we're gonna have to try to come up with a solution, something that we can get done in the in the time we have too, so that we can get this feature out so we can start doing these ranked matches. And if any of you out there have ideas, like I mentioned at the top of the uh, meeting, you can go to the appropriate Reddit or MWO forum uh, threads and post your ideas. Uh, we want to get to the next person that had some feedback live 1991. Do you still have something to say? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for that. Um, the first one uh, was, uh, are you going to make it rewarding for non-competitive teams to join it? And 
like will there be enough reward for team new teams to join in and and try out rank mode? I'm not really sure how to answer that. Um, if they don't find the experience rewarding, I, I don't know that there's anything we can do because um, I'm not sure. What do you mean by rewards? Like Give a lot some of other games, you get like um, competitive points, and then at the end of the season, you get to buy maybe an unlock for a skin or a special um, something special or you know something like that. But just so even if you don't win, you know you're not top ten. You, everyone still gets something at the end of the season. Oh. Uh like I can't speak on Russ's level of like what we can give away, but that's the kind of rewards that we probably could do. I'm not sure if like I'm seeing some sort of noise or talk in uh, the chat is if you're looking at XP and C bills, that might not be something we would do. It'd be something we'd have to talk about definitely. A competitive skin would be kind of interesting, but yeah, I I think that's a good thing to bring up, something that can be discussed. Yeah, I think we had assumed, I think, that for a while now that like, you know, private match screen, that there'd be no way that we could possibly reward, you know, XP and C bills in this game mode. Um, but I think we need to possibly rediscuss that, Paul, just in the fact, just because of the changes that we made recently to this screen to make sure that um, as long as we're really certain that there's no way to farm it. You know what I mean? Like with private matches, of course, you could just set up matches against each other and farm each other and do all sorts of weird stuff. In this case, I mean, it theoretically shouldn't be possible um, based on not knowing who you're going to fight and when you're going to fight and exactly who you're going to end up against. And the, the stakes are too high when it comes to ranked matches and if you want to actually be ranked. But of course, there's people that maybe don't care about the rankings and we'll just try to enter the queue with a couple Smurf teams or whatever you want to call it. And I don't know, we just have to give that some more thought, but I think I'd kind of assumed initially that it would be very much like the private match screen. Like there's just no way we could do the rewards in there because it just wouldn't work, but I'll have to give that some thought again. And we'll talk about it after this thing with, um, we'll remind, uh, you know, take another look at what the other games do. Um, most of the time we can kind of mimic and copy what some of the big games do whether it's League or World of Tanks or Dota or Counter-Strike Go. And I mean, these are the gold standard. We're not, I mean, we're, we'll, and no shame. If they're doing something great, we'll, we'll copy it. It's just that we find that, of course, we have very specific problems with Mecha Online that no other game has in certain ways. And so we have to always keep that in mind. So just, I ask you to keep that in mind too, that just because some other game does, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work perfectly for us either. But um, yeah, that is something I'll have, we'll have to rethink about again. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, is that is that good, or you want to? You have any more? Oh, I've got two more questions. The one, next one is um, a lot of OC teams would prefer to play on NA servers. Are we able to select our own server, our preferred server, instead of using the OC server? Not all, but quite a few do. Uh, I think uh, you're you're cutting out just a little bit, but um, I think Paul, the way the server, I mean, a team is created. When you create your team, you designate yourself as a region. Right, so that is yep. that is, but that is your preferred server. Um, I don't think there's the ability for a European team to say their preferred server is North America or something like that. I think it's if you're a European team, your European team, North American team, Oceanic team, and um, then you you know when you're matched back to that same comment I had earlier as to how we tr try to figure out how to make that as fair as possible. 
Is that your question? Does that answer it? Yeah, so probably best to, if you're an Oceanic team and you want to play on NA servers, sign up as an NA team? Um, yes, I, I think so. If that's them, because I don't, otherwise, it's going to get pretty weird if we allow people to sign up and designate themselves as an Oceanic team, but prefer the North American server, which is not going to work because now you could have you know all the best North American players saying, yeah, we're an Oceanic team, but we love the North American server. And and try to game things that way. Uh, it's just that a lot of the Oceanic players get a better ping to the American servers than the Oceanic servers. So. Yeah, I think that's something we're going to have to take a look at. Um, we need to reassess that server. It's Initially, we had put it in Singapore because it was... Um, it is Singapore, right? I think it's yep. Singapore. Yeah, it was yep. basically a central region for that whole area, but... If the vast majority of our players are in Australia, for example, then there might be a better place to put it. But from what I remember, it's a big country. It's kind of like Canada in that sense. But it's like if you're on the eastern seaboard over there by Sydney and stuff, great. We could put a server there. But if you happen to be on Perth or something on the other side, then you're screwed. So you know, you might get a better connection over there to Singapore. So it's a really difficult problem for us to try and solve. But I, I, I wonder if there's a better place to put it. All right. So that's uh, something also we can look into. Um, live, did you have another one last? And the last one, is there any chance we can get some of the competitive players or league run um, people to beta test it before it goes live? Uh, probably. Um, we're going to be under, really going to be on the clock on this one, though. So I think if we if we can manage to do that and get you guys onto whether it's on PTS or something, you know, we'll be looking for the uh, more of the minor feedback and things that are broken and small tweaks we can do rather than you know, change the feature because it is kind of important that we get this feature out in June at the latest so that we can get everyone playing their ranked matches. We also have this comp play area and the forums coming up live. So if I could get some feedback from Australian players, that would be great in terms of like ping because I hear, I'm hearing two different things. I'm hearing, yes, the pings to Singapore are okay. Not great, but they're okay. But there's also other times where I hear that the pings from Australia to the North American servers is just way faster, right? So it's kind of hard to judge the what main, the performance really is. The main problem is the Oceanic server, the pings will go up and down like crazy, where the NA server will be more stable. And just with the hope to rewind, um, when you're hitting targets, if the ping's stable, it, it hits a lot better. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's yeah, we can do some tests there. I'm going to talk to Mike. and There's got to be something we can do. Um, to get something somewhere else and, and give it a test or something. But yeah, thanks. Thanks for your questions. Appreciate it. A better solution. All right. Uh, Bandit, you're up. Oh, hey, Russ. Uh, real quick, thank you for meeting with us and stuff. It's a, a pleasure, and hopefully we can provide you a lot of good feedback. Um, I'm just going to quick rapid fire through these uh, questions that I've written down here. First and foremost, uh, before the tournament goes live, uh, are you guys going to be continuing to to collect feedback? Are you going to like provide us the rules and stuff like that ahead of time so we can maybe 
say, hey, you know, maybe you could try this? Or is it just going to be kind of a surprise, okay, the season's going? Uh, no, I think, um, uh, you know, we're, we're already um, planning on, a, you know, a number of changes from, from last year's feedback. But, uh, no, I think right now we've just been so focused on getting this because the tournament is essentially dependent on this feature. So we're really focused on that. But I think, um, yeah, we can, uh, I guess we, I'm totally open to that. And of course, the answer is yes, we can provide it ahead of time. I just, um, not sure what the avenue for that would be, um, whether that would be behind closed doors, like as in, you know, send out stuff to some people prior to it going on the website or, you know, in the, maybe in the new forums area for the comp teams maybe a limited access in the beginning i don't know um but the answer is yes um there's nothing here to hide or anything like that like we're totally open to tweaks um of course we're developing this feature right now with a pretty specific um game mode and settings in mind that were very similar to last year's tournament so um if there was any changes to that we'd have to get that type of feedback fairly quickly. So, yeah, obviously this isn't the right meeting for that, but um, I guess I'll just turn the question around and say what would be the ideal way to share that information ahead of time and get your feedback? Uh, well, that kind of segues into my next question. Um, I I'm hoping – one of the biggest issues, I guess, that teams had last season is uh, a lot of the rules, even the finals rules, were all announced later in the game. Uh, after teams had already signed up, and it was a surprise to a lot of people as to, okay, well, oh, I didn't realize that this is when the schedule was going to be and stuff like that. So I'm assuming that you guys are going to try and get the entire rule set top to bottom out before signups start or before at least those signups conclude so teams can know whether they're even going to be able to compete and what times it's expected of them. Well, that's... I can touch on that a bit. Yeah, I was just going to... It's not... I mean... It's not very. It's not as applicable this year, though, is it? When you think about the new feature that uh, people can sign up um, kind of freely throughout the whole time, as long as they can get their Elo up, I suppose, and 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 rank up, and its scheduling would be. Um, I guess you're thinking more about the finals, though. Once you've qualified for the finals, um, sorry, yeah. go ahead, Paul. Well, the thing is, like Mech Warrior World Championships 2016 was a great learning experience for us. We interacted with people. We understand we had some shortcomings. It was a tough run to the road, um, but at the same time, it's like we've learned a lot. We know we made a lot of mistakes. We're willing to make up for that. We will be talking with you guys a lot more, right? The forums that we're creating for comp play are a primary for this kind of feedback. Um, whether it comes down to selecting a few group behind closed doors, that can happen, right? But we just want to let people know is like, we learned a lot from last year, right? And are we going to make those same hurdle mistakes? Uh, we'll try not to, right? Um, one of the things about the last tournament was the whole round robin and how much of a headache that was. And with this new system, that round robin is gone, right? So it's a matter of just play let's get you seated that's the key is getting proper seating this year whereas last year we just didn't have anything to run with but now that we have that kind of 
pressure taken off of us, we can focus a lot more on getting that information out to you guys a lot faster. Excellent. Uh, real quick, uh, just interject. There's the official announcement. There is a competitive play section on the official MWO forum. So if you guys want to follow up, have discussion, uh, you know, help give your feedback on everything that's being discussed tonight, please check out that new section of the forum and use it or we lose it. Go ahead, Bennett. Okay, uh, next question. It seems to be a big point of contention, uh, the 12-man rosters. Um, now, my understanding is that you're going to be able to move pilots in and out of those 12-man rosters as often as you want during the ELO period, uh, and then you're going to basically lock rosters and go into the finals at that point. Uh, if that is the case, is there any point to having uh, a 12-man roster during that entire open period since you can basically swap people in and out as, at will, or does it impact your ELO when you do that? I'm waiting on you, Paul. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm not really sure to say to that. that. I mean, I suppose I understand the question is if... Uh, I was I was a little surprised, actually, to to hear Paul say because I wasn't as up to speed on that aspect, um, that you can swap them out, you know, at will for, for months on end. Um, you can have a lot of a lot of team shift happening in those those two months. Of, of course, I suppose the downside is, or is there, you know, if there's a team that's really high up and uh, dumps a guy and brings another team's best guy to make sure they can stay up there. I think there's some, there's definitely some questions there for me too on on that aspect so i think it is good to reassess that and the rules surrounding that but i guess i'm i'm a, i'm more concerned just off the top of my head with the amount of flexibility that's being stressed um rather than um but i think you, what you're saying is maybe the players feedback is that it needs to be even more flexible which uh, which is kind of the opposite direction my mind's going on this thing, but I'll hear what Paul has to say on that. We can talk about it a little more. Well, there's two things to kind of discuss here. One is that when you are in open mode, like when I was saying that there's two modes or basically two states for competitive play, when you're open, yes, you can swap team members around. You can, like I said, kick all 11 players out of your team and invite 11 whole new players in there. Um, the reason for this is that it allows you to adjust your groups. It allows you to sit there saying, okay, we have a unit of 250 people. We want to have our comp team ready. So you're trying people out, you're playing through, and it's like, okay, this guy might be underperforming a little bit, or he just real life makes it so he can't play at the times that you want to play. So you can swap that person out. There's no penalty. There's no lock saying, no, you cannot do this. The only time that lock comes into play is when we are now en route to some sort of major PGI offering, whether it be World Championships or some other tournament uh, type event. Um, and then there's the other side of this discussion is why is it only 12 players? Remember, we are looking for the best eight man team, right? We're not looking for the best eight out of 16 people that you have on your friends list. We are looking for a dedicated eight-man team who's going to be flying here to Vancouver to show who's the best in the world. Um, that being said, is that that's why that restriction is there. This is not uncommon with other uh, eSport organizations. It's like saying you have your core number of players that you want to have as a team, dedicated team. We understand that things happen, like life things happen, work happens, 
I don't know, a car crash happens, you have to be able to have that alternate be able to swap in and take that person's place. That's why when you do see uh, high-end eSport teams, you're going to see substitutes in the actual roster, and they're even marked as substitutes, right? So you know that this is not a regular player with this team. And it's with that kind of notion, it's just saying, remember, we are looking for your best eight. We're not looking for the best of your group, right? So <laughs> I don't know what to say beyond that. It's just like, we are looking for the best eight-man teams in the world. So bring your best eight. So it sounds basically like um, you're not too worried about people swapping players around and stuff, as long as the players that ultimately end up on the team are the best possible. Like, I don't think anybody's going to push the ELO of a team up and then suddenly swap in worse players just so they can exactly. make it into the finals. If teams are basically breaking apart or forming and to f get the best pilots possible, that is ultimately the goal. Yep. And it... Like, for example, I'm a Dota fan. People know this. Uh, you see Team EG swapping out two of their players, right? On the road to the international, right? That's not an uncommon thing to have happen because somebody's just either underperforming, there's a internal conflict, right? They need to have that ability to swap those people out. But once they are in the um, brackets for the international, they cannot do that any further. Basically, they'll eliminate themselves from the tournament if they do try to do a swap. You can only play for one team at a time, but are you restricted to one team per season? Could you go join another team if you've already played for one? You can only be on one team at a time. So, yes, if you want, you can leave a team and switch over to a different team. Is there any cooldown? Or is it just swap, nope. swap, swap? You can swap, swap, swap all you want. Okay. Uh, can I just yep. put a little caveat in here? <laughs> of course. That is our thoughts at the moment. Currently, yeah. It will yep. absolutely change if it's determined that it's the wrong way to go. So I guess um, if, if some of that is non-functioning for competitive reasons or can be taken advantage of in ways that are unique to our game, that other you know the other games don't have to deal with because it's a smaller community and we know who already there's you know all the where the top players are in our game and we hope that more people will come to the forefront and we can get with this official feature that will have you know more top players come and join and get involved in, in competitive leagues which i'm sure i, I know all you guys want to see too um so we can have just better competition but i guess what we're looking for for feedback is you're asking the right questions and you're figuring out how what we have planned and what we have designed currently if there's an aspect of that that you think is not going to function and and not necessarily because this is a feature that i can't necessarily concern myself too much with a feature like this that you're thinking well gee it's not gonna have enough flexibility i'd like to play with you know my friends in, in a particular way I mean, we have other game modes that we have to that we have to try to take care of those aspects. Obviously, what we have to really focus on here is being perfectly fair and perfectly competitive. So, if there's an aspect of that design that you think can be gamed or made unfair um, that that you're worried about, then that's I'd love to hear that feedback. 
Awesome. And really, when it comes to the feedback, anything that you guys can give us in terms of what you guys are thinking, it makes it so much easier for us to be able to give our feedback uh, based on that. So All right, Bandit. We definitely appreciate that. I did have one more question. I'm going to give you one more. All right, one more quick question. Of course, I'm very selfish when it comes to this. Will there be any access for maybe special people to the spectator tool for any of those type of matches? Anyone but you. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, be more specific. You want access to what now? Can there be any sort of shout casting or anything for some of those matches, like just drop in and cast them kind of situation? I think that can be discussed outside of this, potentially, unless uh, Russ or Paul, you uh, want to make any statement towards that? We do have some plans for it, but again, it's a little bit early to, I don't know, make a full comment on it. No problem. Thanks. All right. Uh, I'm going to end with Doyle on this. We have a lot of info still covered tonight, guys, and we're already a little bit over an hour into this. So, um, Doyle, I'm going to let you do your question, and then uh, I think Russ will announce one more thing, then we'll go to a short bio break and return for a lot more. So, Doyle, you're up. Yeah, I'll just make it a quick single question. Um, Thank you, sir. In relation to the ranked mode you've talked about, have you decided on a drop deck format? Do you have any early thoughts on that? So, for example, will it be like the 2-2-2-2 format that was used for the last PGI tournament? Or are you thinking tonnage? Uh, do you have any early thoughts on that that obviously might change? Um, at the moment, I believe, I can be corrected if I'm wrong, is that it's it's essentially the world championship tournament rules i mean at, at this point until someone makes a suggestion that's an improvement and it's better and that the community agrees is better i guess we feel like that's the best combination so um i believe it's a two 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 under the same same rules that the world championship was in i i like the two 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 personally so yeah i'm happy with that answer <laughs> thanks for that and just so people know that the world championship rules was two 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 and it was on conquest and it was a map selection from five maps yep there we go so we are going to russ do you want to continue uh bringing up anything you want to before we head into that break yeah i mean there's there's there is a small thing that we've been talking about for a while that i know you guys in particular will be interested in because you run these tournaments. Um, we, we have been working on it like an API. So I don't, it's priority. Unfortunately, it hasn't been able to be prioritized as high as we'd like to because these other features are, have taken priority. Although it really only involves a small subset of staff, um, web developers and our database engineer in particular, primarily those two um and i believe they're they're trying to work on it now this is really something that's just think of it as a totally different thing than this comp feature like it really has nothing to do with the competitive feature we've been discussing it's a very separate um, web api that will be able to provide to you guys so that when you run your own mrbc tournaments and all the things that you do out there that um you can use this api and I don't know, Paul, like what, what are some of the few things that we hope and expect that it'll be able to provide them? Basically, it'll be things like match outcomes, uh, times that matches have been played. That way, when you are running your own tournaments, you can actually look up uh, match IDs and get the results. And that will be, be able to 
let organizers such as MRBC create a web-based portal of their own bracket and have that update real time with the result of matches. And I think I should say, I mean, I wanted to let you guys know about that, but I want to be cautious and also in the sense that I don't know when we're going to be able to provide this API with you. If I had to guess, I think it would be in the coming few months. So I would probably caution you against waiting for it. Um, I would probably say, go ahead with all your plans, do your tournaments, do your thing. Don't, don't wait for it. Cause I, I don't want you to wait for it and be upset that you don't get it in time. Um, we're doing our best to get it into your hands, but um, Paul, I, I don't, I mean, is, do you have any more information than I do as far as how far along it is or what they're thinking? Because I, I don't really have an accurate enough idea of when we're going to be able to provide it. So I, I'd hate for them to wait for it. Yeah, well, we were giving a list about, I can't remember how long ago, but it's been in the hands of the engineers that uh, Russ mentioned. And I believe they are working on it. As for a timeline, I can't give you anything confirmed. All right, and uh, Bennett, nope, you're gonna have to wait. We are gonna go uh, for a quick bio. Um, so about five minutes, guys, we'll be back. And before you go, if you're new to the channel, please do click on follow up above. We appreciate it. And we appreciate you all being here on your Friday night, Saturday morning. And we will be back in about five minutes.
All right, Mech Warriors and Mech fans, welcome back to another roundtable. We got Russ and Paul here as well as the panelists, Doyle, Bandit, Magician, Proton, Silken, Live 1991, Taoist, and Xavier, as well as the people that are helping us out tonight, including Deadfire, uh, Zoof, and Wingbreaker. Thank you, everybody, and thank you all out there for being here on your Friday night or Saturday morning. We appreciate you being here. And we're going to just go ahead and kick it right off. We did uh, start the meeting off with announcements from Russ, both uh, including the in-game ranking system that will be coming out soon, as well as API. There will be further discussion on that, both internally, but also with you guys. You can go ahead and post on Reddit in the appropriate uh, thread, as well as on the MechWarrior Online official forums, where there is now a competitive play section. So please use it so that we can uh, you know, get more information out there, grow the competitive scene, etc. So this next section, what we're going to do is go into, basically, the, uh, these guys um, met on Wednesday, uh, the panelists here tonight, and put together essentially a consensus, like we've done in previous town halls, or round, uh, round tables, I'm sorry. And so they're going to present this bullet point list, their consensus of the things that they would like to bring change into the comp scene, you know, things that can, uh, well, I'll let them tell you the categories and what the, the the things are but if you don't agree with what they're bringing up or there's things that you want to bring up yourself again feel free to participate on reddit or the forums and we will read them and they will become a part of the discussion so i believe they've designated bandit b17 to kind of read off the list go point by point and then we'll get uh, feedback from russ and paul um and then also we can get more feedback from the rest of the panel so let's get going bandit are you ready with the first topic sure well um hopefully we can go through this relatively quick but uh one of the most important things that we agreed on in terms of just category for third-party leagues and tournaments is the exposure to the general community uh a lot of the times we are advertising our stuff on reddit on the forums twitter uh, we put up our Twitch streams and stuff, but it's still only reaching a very small sliver of the actual player base um, in MWO. And we've seen time and time again where even though MRBC is the biggest league in MechWarrior Online, there's constantly teams that are like, I've never heard of you guys before. And they discover us and then they sign up and we've ha uh, had pretty consistent growth. Uh, which has been fantastic, but we think that it really can be better. There's a lot of people out there that want uh, this kind of gameplay that we can provide. Uh, so, can I we... provide a real life example? Didn't we? Yep. Didn't you guys get some of those signups? We did recently. Did the uh, competitive scene sale, the official weekend sale or whatever, and it revolved around uh, the week ending your signups for MRB season nine. And didn't you get some people that said, I never heard of this, and then they signed up? Absolutely. We actually, I, I went and talked to them. There was one team that signed up. I don't have the name in front of me right now, but they, they signed up because the sale happened. And I got to thank you guys for working with us on that. I think it was fantastic and really well received by the community. Um, basically, because of that sale, it reached a much wider audience, and we had a team sign up pretty much last minute saying we didn't even know that, the, that there was a league for this game. So those guys are going to now be competing in MRBC Season 8, and that, that's fantastic. And that's really fueling our urge to try and get more exposure from you guys. In our which opinion, leads to... It, which leads to... It, the sale was great, and we want to see more of that, and, and it was fantastic. But the biggest thing that I think you guys can do to, to help us uh, as leagues is 
get community run events front and center on the opening splash screen and on the patcher on that that the carousel the carousel basically especially for the big events where we know we can draw big crowds uh having a presence there would be huge sweet i don't really have anything to say other than that's really cool um sounds good to me i mean let me talk to you know tina matt newman um alex garden and um you know, obviously, the only debatable point really is, as you put it, community uh, vetted community run events. So, what's a vetted community run event? Um, there might be some argument over that. Let's say, why can't we get our little one up or something versus MRBC or something? So, you know, that that's that's the first thing that pops in my head. But I mean, it's possible. I don't see a reason not to. So, I mean, it's, it's a good idea to me. I like the little graphic you have there. It makes sense. Like, like I say, I'll talk to those guys. They're the guys that run all that stuff. So, And just a real quick comment. Uh, you know, World Championship pulled in a lot of team signups, a lot of team signups. MRBC, we typically pull about, you know, under half of what World Championship brought in. A lot of that has to do with the real money aspect and things like that. But I, I feel like the advertisements that, that you guys were able to to do and the the distance you guys were able to reach really made a big impact on that and i could see a lot of that coming down and helping out the third party leagues as well i wouldn't doubt that if you guys started putting that stuff in we'd see a massive turnout all right and then uh silken did you have a comment on this yeah i just wanted to say that if you guys are looking for an example of uh, another game that already does this, World of Warships. Uh, there's a league called Kings of the Sea. There should be a link um, under the community outreach there that leads to an example. They have it. it it's a league that starts up every uh, other month. It's community run. And whenever it comes around, Wargaming on their front page of their website pops it up on the news, front and center. And then in-game, it, it also has it under the events tab where, you know, signups are starting, it ends here, blah, blah, blah. You know, so just... If you guys are looking for an example, that that's one of them. Cool. All right, Banning, you want to move on to the next one? Sure. Um, that was that was the appropriate uh, response, right? I mean, you got your answer. Yeah, yeah. We'll look into it. Fantastic. Should be good. I, I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully working with you guys on that. So. Cool. <laughs> uh, next thing is uh, we find that uh, it's it's very difficult to for the new player experience for people to find units currently. Um, there are some hiring hall posts on the forums. There's recruitment posts on Reddit and things like that, but there isn't really a built-in function in the game that lists units, lists units, or filters units and searches and stuff by what they do, role play, competitive, uh, quick play, faction play, things like that. If there's any way that you guys can start building like a, a directory system, even if it's attached to like the faction play or whatever, to utilize your existing unit tags so the new player can say, I want to join a team and then go look at who's out there and, and maybe even apply directly to that team from within the game. I mean, it's a really good idea. Um, we found in the past, like when we created a looking for group tool that it's just not used. Um, it doesn't mean that this also would not be used or this is not a good idea. I guess the first thing I think of is, well, you know, we're 
we're getting up the comp feature now. And so now there is kind of a notion of, it's not just units, right? I mean, there's, there's going to be units and there's also going to be teams now, like the comp team. So I suppose the browser then, I mean, I'm just kind of envisioning like essentially the social looking for group aspect expanding into a whole, whole new thing that isn't just about looking for group, but it's about units that are already out there that are recruiting or, um, and then even potentially just teams or do you guys, I mean, not, it's not always going to be the case where a team is going to come out of like a faction play unit, right? I mean, sometimes it's going to be just a team. Like they don't play faction play. They don't have a unit in faction play. They just created a team. So it does. Now I know, you know, we just announced this feature to you guys tonight. So you didn't have that when like you made the document or when you first wrote down these bullet points, but um, I guess now we would have to, you'd have to both list off the units and the comp teams because uh, comp teams could also be searching for players and things like that, right? Yeah, I mean, we, just my team for an example, some of us play faction play, but a majority of us have focused on quick play and competitive play. Uh, but we still are tagged up in the game, so we have to go into the faction play system and we have to pick, you know, a faction and tag up and stuff. But we still pay the fee, basically, to add new players because we want them to wear our tags. We're big on loyalty. Um, for Marine Max, anyways, a lot, like 90% of our members have come from a single forum post called the hiring hall that was buried deep in the mercenary section of the forums currently. Uh, I get an email anytime somebody posts there, I look at what they put in there. If it looks like somebody that we might be able to bring in, I send them a message about my team. It's fantastic, but it's hidden. It's not really officially vetted by PGI. And I'm sure that 99% of the players in this game don't even know that that threat exists. So even if if you can't get something in a reasonable amount of time in the game, um, drawing more attention to either an official post or official system on the website that players can go to to try and find a home. Because this game is huge on community. And for a solo player, it's great. But in my opinion, getting into a unit and experiencing the game like that is a completely other world and uh, I just want to help people find that experience. Best played with friends. Yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, there's no doubt that a <clears throat> like a big in-game browser. This is basically like a guild, you know, search for guild or guild looking for players type of tool. Um, that would take a fairly significant amount of time. It's this is not this would be a you know a later in the year type of feature if we were to pursue it. But your point is well taken about the post. Uh, regardless of that decision, um, I mean, we just made it a competitive. Uh, we need, I guess, we just need to do a re uh, a reassessment and all that, Paul. Because I just think there's been, you know, it's been a few years since probably the initial wave of, you know, posts like the hiring hall or whatever. Um, essentially, there needs to be a, you know, like a unit area. We've had those for the different factions and things, but yeah, we're just going to have to do a, I could do a complete audit on that, I guess, and see if there's something we can't do to just help out a lot in the meantime. Competitive. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I can't speak on maybe putting this into the client, but it might be something we might be able to organize on the web, right? Or even through that API. 
I don't like like Russ is saying. It was like we should some definitely sit down, reassess, and analyze what we do have, what well, what information we do have, and how we can work with it. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. Facilitating any sort of you know competitive or no uh, people finding friends or uh, teams, units, uh, comp teams, whatever in MWO is just gonna extend their time with us and in, with the game and. Um, I think it's just a, a win-win for everybody, but, uh, yeah, so I think that's going to be assessed, re, re, reassessed, uh, Bandit. So where do you want to go into the next one? I believe Doyle had a question. Oh, Doyle, did you have something to say? No, I think that was previous. I don't know. Uh, no, it was on this subject just real okay, quick. Cool. Um, uh, for, for, uh, Russ and Paul, I've just linked in the, in the chat box, uh, what we have on MRBCleague.com. So we have a section uh, for teams where they can, you know, write their blurb, list their players, blah, blah, blah. And it also has their team speak address, details they can put in, things like that. So if you wanted an example of something that we're getting at, I would say, please have a look at that. Um, obviously, people can use MRBC League for the purpose of finding teams, but our exposure is minuscule compared to yours. You know, so something similar that was done through you guys would would make a huge difference to the accessibility of, of players joining teams. Um, for us, they have to know about MRBC League in the first place. They have to know to go to our website. They have to know to look on the team tab, you know, so something that's just more public, you know, more visible. Awesome. Can, can somebody add that to the doc if it's not already on there? Yeah, that's then, cool. Uh, Thanks. Um... First thing I thought of, Paul, is like, I mean, we could do something on the web, on our own website in our forums and website a lot quicker than we can put it into the game. Um, but we could put, I mean, I almost prefer everything to be in the client if I can, ideally, but that just takes time. But you can also, you know, you can put links in the client, like perhaps in the faction play section, there's a, you know, find a unit button that would link to you know a, a page like this and that way at least they can um you know get directed to these areas but not necessarily have to wait to put entire you know sections and screens into the game uh just quick question doyle is there a way of seeing every single team that's on here or is it just one team at a time um there is um if you see at the top of that page it says just under the heading of team profiles it says select team that's a drop-down menu there, and you can scroll through the whole list of teams now. Unfortunately, it does also include dead teams, because we've been going quite a while. So there's some teams that no longer exist, but are obviously still in, in the list. But, you know, you can scroll through there and find lots and lots of teams. So well, I was some just thinking, kind of... like, if you go to a web page, you just hit View Teams, and it shows you every single team, like a giant table of some sort, right? Uh, but, that would be a question for my other half shell who does all the coding <laughs> technical no, no. stuff. Or... <laughs> I was just wondering if there's a way of seeing that so I could just see how many teams were on here. But Paul, that cool. was brought up. Like That was something that these guys did bring up Wednesday night when they held a pre-meeting. Um, something, you know, some way to see all of the teams, maybe what their focus is on, casual play, uh, faction warfare, comp, whatever, and they can check boxes and so that can show up. And, you know, um, yeah, I think something like that would be amazing. Yeah. I think we had one more question. Proton. He's awake. Proton, did you have a, a question on this? Uh, uh, yeah. uh, it's not really a question, but more like... Um, a comment? 
a comment. Yeah, we've been talking about like this uh, spectator to lobby improvements, community outreach. I mean, of course, it's all the like one of the main question, one of the main one of the main questions of competitive play. But what about an Yeah, uh, by that I mean, like, is there gonna be any changes made to the game itself, to the actual gameplay? All right. So he was cutting out for me. Did anybody get that, or was he cutting out for everybody? I, I think it's Mike. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's... No, no, it's my. I don't know. It's like after the last team speak up. Uh, let me just hold the button for longer. I mean, didn't hear. Uh, what you should said. I repeat the question? Yeah, repeat all of it. We didn't. You were cutting out way too much. All right. So, I mean, as, uh, like I said, um, we've been talking about spectator tools, about um, lobby improvements, about community outreach stuff and leagues. I mean, of course, this is one of the main questions about the competitive plane. But uh, I think uh, the second, like the second, the main part, I think, of the competitive gameplay is its actual it's an actual gameplay that we are experiencing right now. I mean, in that, I will include like balance stuff and the max being not, the red macros being not recognized on a stream by new players, by casual players. Because this game is all about the people feeding the max, making a loadout of the mech. About the, this game is all about the mech lab. And by that, what I'm trying to say is that MWO, I think it needs roles and... Okay, so you're essentially talking about, you know, gameplay itself other than what's been brought up tonight. Yes, because honestly, yes. I was ex mm -hmm. expecting to talk about this more today than... That's fine. Uh, don't, you know, don't get me ahead. wrong. Like, I, I understand lobby and spectator tools are, of course, going to uh, be... Uh, the, the things that has to be brought up and has to be improved, but the gameplay is the second main issue with the game. So obviously, how long huge... is gonna? Go ahead. Sorry, uh, how long is gonna take us to uh, people get finally bored of the Kodiaks and Night Gears and... Mm -hmm. in a in a competitive play? Because right, someone in, someone in the chat said the good, n not a good question, but a good post like. Uh, uh, you have like doesn't matter if you have a two 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 tonnage restriction or an actual I mean two two uh, how do I say that uh, sort of for my um, it's okay man poor English. no it's early too drop deck drop deck yeah so two 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 heavies two lights two assaults two mediums or tonnage it doesn't matter because people are going to be bringing the same mechs there's so many mechs in the mech lab that are barely used or not used at all like is it going to be addressed because how long it will take people to get bored of seeing the same loadouts and the same mechs in all right. uh in the in the queue in so the i'll try and sum up a little bit and you can correct me if i'm wrong but you're basically saying you know besides all these extra features that we're talking about things that bring more people into it uh quality of life improvements or whatever you're saying, what about just overall gameplay? What kind of changes will be coming that will affect, you know, exactly balance? Yeah. I'm, I'm not trying. No, it's cool, but let me just uh... change the topic or just want to hear about this than an actual like lobby or spectators uh -huh. improvement. If there's 
are import, important as well. That's what I need. No problem. Um, we are trying to follow you know, somewhat of a format tonight, and we did have the pre-meeting on Wednesday. Um, I totally understand that it's like, you know, whatever, four, five o'clock in the morning for you, and I apologize for that, and I appreciate you being here uh, despite that. Um, I'm just going to really quickly say that, and, and, and then I'll let Russ or Paul follow up if they want to say anything on this, but um, obviously there's a lot of stuff going on currently with the game in terms of balance and, and changes that can affect gameplay. Um, and it might be more of an appropriate place to ask this uh, in April, this coming month, when we have the just kind of a general state of the game town hall with Russ that he's already mentioned we're going to do. I don't know. I'll let them comment if they want to on what, what you said. But um, yeah, I, I, I just think that's a huge question. And uh, I don't want to, you know, derail the effort. Well, just let of me jump guys. on it, Darren. I, you know, I'll, try to, I'll try to address it as best I can. Sure. You know, in a few minutes here, just, yeah, it is a big question. I, but I actually do expect that, um, I, I do expect that the meta and the balance and everything is going to get shook up pretty heavy, you know, here in the next couple of months. And, you know, for you, it sounds like that's interesting, you know, that's going to shake things up. There's going to be maybe new mechs that are kind of come to the forefront or more choices, Things will be different, have to readjust, relearn, kind of re-maximize, you know. Other people, of course, get a lot more scared about change. Um, it feels like to me anyhow, maybe I'm wrong on that, that maybe feels like they kind of like the fact that they know exactly which one's the top mix and they want to leave them that way. And any kind of change is, is, is you know, frightening for them. But um, I guess, uh, you know, between, you know, that you guys have heard about things like engine desync, you've heard about skill tree, you've heard about um the the way that we're changing to the baseline stats of the mechs um I, let, here's the best way i can put it is that in this was chris lowry of course who now is is dedicated to this full time and he's in chat he's, by the he's way. been working on this for a while but a lot of his work a lot of the main portions of his work has not been released yet because it's it's all kind of compiled together along with skill tree and such but my point was one time he brought it up that someone in you know reddit had basically said hey man why don't you make other mechs good like for example the um you know we got all these mechs that are not even in the game they're not even used in in comp play and you need to make them good and this is kind of your question too say like when, you know when are we going to shake things up so it's not just you know kodiaks and night night guys. and but someone had actually answered that question on reddit really well and the answer was like well because they can't i mean take a look at the um vindicator you know one of the vindicators it has basically every quirk under you know the sun like everything massive massive amounts of quirks applied to it and it still sucks and that is exactly why you see us taking a different approach um, a, a bigger approach now. It's like, we can't just keep feeding quirks to these mechs. You're just going to end up with the same top performers and the same ones sucking because you basically, you have to do something different. You have to fundamentally change the baseline power and try to bring things together to more of a common bar. Things like the engine desync was critical because the engine size on a lot of the mechs, especially those clan mechs, um, in particular, like Timberwolves, et cetera, it's just, 
it's just so powerful that that aspect had to change and that allows us to actually have a chance of getting some of these underperforming mechs much much closer to the competitive line than they were before on top of that there's a lot of other baseline adjustments so like we can actually you know instead of quirking we can adjust these baseline attributes and actually have a chance at bringing these mechs to a, you know a I guess I'll just, I'm trying to, I'm drawing a line with my hand here, like more of a bringing things to this bar. But it, it definitely cannot be just leave all the top performers exactly where they are and just buff everything up to that point. A, that wasn't even possible before because what I've already described, you know, we had to make fundamental underlying changes you just, just in order to be able to make those mechs more powerful. So I, I think that we can do a better job our last town hall was, um, we just, I don't think we did a good, good enough job kind of explaining this aspect. And I think it's because it was tied in with a lot of excess noise around skill tree and some of the concerns the community had. And, you know, I think we could do a better job of explaining this aspect and we're going to try to here over the next coming months. But um, I definitely think that a lot of the work we've been doing over the last three, four, five months is finally coming to fruition here in the next one to two months. And we're actually going to see a, you know, a really needed change and shakeup on the balance of the game, so that we can actually make a lot more mechs, you know, competitive. Uh, Paul, you can jump in and add some bits if you want, and or I mean, Paul, if I miss something. Uh, no, not really. It's like what we are doing is like was mentioned is under looking at the underlying balance of the core mechanics of every single mech of every single piece of technology that's in the game and one of the things that i've seen online in both forums and on reddit for example is that we have a few outlier mechs that are performing very very well basically the op mechs it's like bring all the other mechs up to that level this that is nothing but a power creep direction that we are going to basically shoot ourselves in the foot if we follow that path, right? So Chris is being brought on board to read what people are concerned with. What are the issues that are currently out there in terms of balance? And then because he has such a large uh, play hour count as well, he's seeing what's happening out there. He's understanding where you guys are coming from what kind of balance changes you want, but how can we address it in a way that meets both the criteria of what the players want and what we need as a game, like an online game. So it's all coming down the pipe, but it's just a matter of getting out these big, big features that are just on the horizon. Yep, so that was obviously a good question. It is pertinent to the discussion that we're talking about. Um, but I wanted to get us back on track with the uh, list that these guys put together Wednesday night. Um, that doesn't mean that other things can't be discussed. Uh, certainly, if you want to continue discussing balance, Chris, PGI Chris is in chat right now. Direct your questions to him. He'll answer what he can. Um, and then there's other methods as well, like I mentioned before, Reddit, MechWarrior Online forums, and so forth. And we can continue the discussion. It's not just what these guys are bringing up that, that's going to be addressed. It'll be everything uh, will be addressed as it can. So... Um, Bandit, you want to take us into the next one? Sure. Uh, anybody following along on the document right now, obviously, uh, balance is definitely important to all of us. Uh, we specifically omitted it from this discussion because it is such a big issue. 
we definitely look forward to any future town hall roundtable and of course working with Chris to try and uh, make some good strides with balance and stuff. But we do have a list of specific things we want to be asking for for quality of life improvements and, uh, related to competitive play. Uh, in the lobby improvement section, so we live in the lobby. Like some teams uh, barely even hit quick play anymore because they are constantly practicing and practicing and practicing. So a lot of their core gaming experience is done in the private lobby. And it's a great system, but we feel that like there can be a lot of improvements that are made, um, which will just make it overall a great system. First one I have on my list, and it is a big one, access to the mech lab from the lobby uh, we want to be able to edit builds, select different mechs and stuff from within the lobby system instead of having to leave the lobby and then come get invited back in. Yeah, I think, you know, just for the sake of time, maybe run down the whole bullet point list here. Because um, I, I, I'm not sure if I can comment on each one individually okay. or maybe my answers will sound far too similar for each one like okay, okay we'll talk about that <laughs> you know all right you know it's um but i think also yeah let me, you run down the bullet point and then we'll talk about it okay sounds good um this one this one you may want to comment on um some teams you know they spend their time in the lobby all the time we've got players that spend millions of c-bills on consumables during practices and of course you cannot earn any money while playing in private lobby but you certainly can spend it uh, we would like to see consumable costs reduced to zero while playing in private lobbies. I'd say just keep reading. You'll, okay. You'll come back to him. Um, this, uh, the, the premium time requirement uh, in order to unlock all of the functions and be able to play with less than full teams in private lobbies, uh, currently it's set to needing at least two players anywhere inside of that lobby uh, in order to unlock that. Um, one of the situations that we've run into, and it's happened a few times, uh, is with like 1v1 tournaments, uh, having that premium time requirement is making it very difficult to keep things moving smoothly because not everybody has premium time, but they still want to participate. And if you got like one shoutcaster and two pilots and neither pilot has premium time, then you run into a stopping point and people are having to buy one day of premium time just for that. And then they choose not to compete because of it. Um, Silken, if you uh, wanted to chime in on that at all, just real quick. At the end. Okay. Okay. At the <laughs> end. All right. We'll come back to each individual. Uh, I'll comment on each one. Just, yeah. okay. Uh, team swap button. Uh, people are loaded up in Team 1, Team 2. Some leagues have a system where people play both sides of the map. Currently, everybody has to leave the lobby from one of the teams. Everybody slowly clicks and drags down, and then everybody gets reinvited back in to be able to switch teams. Some sort of toggler option that will that can be activated by the lobby leader to just instantly swap everybody from Team 1 to Team 2 without any of the mess. Uh, Mulligan system... Uh, Basically, we have sometimes have issues with disconnects in in MRBC. Everybody calls a hold, uh, and then if for some reason uh, people cannot get back into the lobby, and you have to basically restart the game, which does happen quite often, uh, an ability to end the game without an end of round screen because we don't want to give away what mechs have been used. Get out quickly, get back to the lobby, everybody ready up, and immediately launch back in. 
I don't know if it needs to be done by like some menu option or some keyword in chat or anything, but it is a huge issue. In the World Championship, they were able to do mech unlocks and everybody disconnected, but it still takes so long, especially with shoutcasting, where if anybody's watching the stream, they get a hint at what the other team is bringing, and it's it's always been an issue. Any solution there would be fantastic. Uh, added to that also, if there is any way to do a pause option to freeze the match while somebody's reconnecting, that would be sweet too. Uh, just something to, to chew on in that regards. Fog of War. Uh, basically, right now you can see what lances the other team is. And in the high competitive environments, there's frequently situations where you are reacting on the spawns that your opponent is choosing. Some leagues have rules in place saying, okay, well, this team has to lock first and the other team can react to that. It is still a disadvantage for the first team. Uh, and even in the most recent tournament, we see a lot of people kind of complaining about that. Uh, it, if there's a checkbox or something in the lobby as one of the options to be able to have a fog of war, so all of your opponents on the other team are just listed alphabetically instead of being able to see what lance they're in, and also hide the tonnage as well. So you have no clue what order they're putting their stuff in on the other team. Uh, more spectator slots. This comes up a lot more than you think it would. Uh, typically, shoutcasting has only two shoutcasters. Sometimes they want more, but also we have situations where we might also tie in a content creator, and uh, it gets really messy when you have to put them on one of the teams and they have to suicide and things like that. If we could get it up to four spectator slots or something like that, it would be massively beneficial. But it even goes outside of content creation and shoutcasting because when we're scrimmaging, we frequently have a lot of people taking up spectator slots because they like to give feedback to the team by what they see after the scrimmage is done. Um, so that would be something I think everybody can agree on. Uh, coach slot. This would be something a little bit more niche. Basically, if you had like an 8v8 team, but you also wanted to have a coach in there, the coach would go into a coach slot. He would only be able to be first-person spectator of only his team uh, as if he was a dead mech, but instead of having to ready up with a mech or something like that, just immediately drop him in specs so they can start uh, maybe playing commander for their team and not, not being given too much information. It, it, people would find that useful. This is a big one. The ability to pass lobby leader to anyone and notify that user they are now leader. Uh, right now, if you are lobby leader and you leave, it just passes it to somebody probably based on the chronological order of joining. I don't know exactly what the system is, but it can get really messy. Just being able to right-click and promote someone to the lobby leader would be extremely beneficial. Uh, when the lobby la leader currently leaves, all of the settings in that lobby are reset back to default. So the, the kind of joke is Forest Colony Assault is the first thing everybody always sees anytime a lobby leader leaves. It's almost like it's trying to get us to play that for some reason. Uh, but yeah, it just that's a quality of life fix. Just leave the settings the way they were when that lobby leader left the lobby. If you want, I can go into the black stuff, or if you want to comment on our priorities. Let's comment yeah. on the priorities. Okay. I'm sorry, what was that, Darren? Oh, I was just saying, let's let's go ahead and comment on the, the priorities. In order, in other words, the stuff that's in the blue text uh, that yeah. you just went over. I mean, obviously, I think we're over time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to comment on everything um, quickly. I think I see things in a few different categories here. And... First and foremost, of course, again, like, you know, we announced a comp feature to you guys tonight. You guys didn't know that was coming. It's obvious that that's going to take priority um, 
for the time being and probably change your guys' outlook at least a little bit because you're going to imagine yourselves and view yourselves, um, you know, existing in that mode a lot. And it's going to take some of the pressure off of just the existing private lobby system. Obviously, the private lobby system is still going to be used for all your practicing um, and then until you go into your official ranked matches. So I understand it's still going to have its place very strongly. But um, from a priority standpoint, we have to work on the comp feature. So some of these things would apply to the comp feature, and some of them might even be important for the ranked matches to, to have the features in place. Some of them are more quality of life features that are good ideas, but may have to wait until we can get our comp feature out and then we can do some random improvements onto the private match screen. Um, well, not maybe, that that's for sure. So quickly looking at them, um, access to MechLab from Lobby. I mean, that would be, I understand how valuable that is. I would expect that I would expect that even the initial version of the of our comp feature is going to behave like the private match screen. So once you're in the lobby with your mechs and you're ready up, it's probably going to behave the same way as it. I mean, Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I don't think we have time for as fundamental a change as that before the comp feature comes out, right? That they can edit. Um, you're not just talking about selecting different mechs. You're talking about going into mech lab and editing. Modifying builds. Totally doing edit, modeling Swapping builds while you're... right now anyways. But while you're... Um, still in the lobby yeah well in terms of development time it's like yeah we're going to be stretched tight for anything like this but at the same time it's like are you guys talking about in the comp feature or are you guys talking we're more talking about private lobbies just private lobbies in general right that's okay. where we experience it right now yeah so they're talking about a seamless transition from private lobbies into mech lab be able to uh edit their mechs and then go back and not have to be reinvited or leave or whatever just I see. Yeah, I have to ask about that. I mean, because obviously you can do that now. You just leave. You go to the mech lab. You have to get reinvited after. So, I, you know, we'd have to ask and see if there's a way to keep them in a lobby state, but just not readied, right, until they mm -hmm. can get back and hit ready. I have to ask about that. Um, uh, one other thing I'd just like to quickly ask you about this, though, is how do you guys feel about it when you're trying to launch a match you're all ready to go but there's still one guy sitting there dicking around in mech lab well right now we experience that when that there's seven players on the other team and somebody's messing around in the mech lab uh, in mrbc people have to swap mechs and do things between every single drop so this would definitely speed things up because they don't have to go through the invite process but every single team experiences this in every single drop currently in third party leagues. yes does so it currently I mean say like... if they're in the mech lab or just not ready Maybe maybe a different color. <laughs> I mean, no, but it currently doesn't. You don't know if no, they're in the mech lab. Eh? Yeah. Well, right right now, if they're in the mech lab, they're not even in the lobby. They're gone. Right, of course. So the change would be that they'd still be in the lobby, but you'd see like mech lab or something. So at least you could yeah. yell at them and say, "Get the hell out of mech lab." Exactly. Well, that's the thing. Is like this is what causes that. Um, I like to call uh, <laughs> infighting basically within the private lobby. Is that okay? You gotta. 12-man team ready to go. You got an 11-man or 12-man team on the other team, but three of them are just messing around in the mech lab, playing around with their uh, camo specs, right? And you're waiting and waiting and waiting for this match to kick off. Well, we, we still have our rule sets in place to make things go smoothly. This is purely a quality of life improvement to take a few steps out of the process. 
uh, which involved, you know, the inviting back and things like that. So it's, I don't think it's going to make things worse in terms of people thinking that they can get away with doing this. We still have to have rules in place to make things go quicker, but it's just going to speed things up on the back end, basically. Well, that's from a complex point of view, right? I'm talking about in general, as a general player of the game. You have two 12-man teams. Both teams get along with each other. They're friends with each other. But then you just got that one guy who you always know is just messing around with his um, camel spec or cockpit items, right? I'm going to kick him out of the unit. <laughs> okay, let's move. Move, Paul. Right. We're moving. Okay, the next two, obviously... I'm not even sure what to say. I mean, the consumable one caught me off guard. Remove premium time. I know that's been discussed since the beginning of time. I think people understand, or at least I think originally we explained why it was that way. Um, you kick off a 1v1 match, we still have to dedicate an entire server, you know, on not, not an entire physical server. Like, it's one of our... Every blade or piece of hardware can run a certain amount of game servers. And um, one of those game servers has to be dedicated to 1v1 match. So it does take up a lot more resources because um, it doesn't scale perfectly. Like you can't get eight 1v1 matches in the same amount of you know CPU power as you can get one 12v12 match or whatever, or 24, or would that be 12 1v1 matches? Is you don't get 12 1v1 matches for every one 12v12 match. It doesn't work that way. It takes it takes more CPU than that. So it's it's not like an exact comparison. So it does take up a lot of server space, and that's why there was that initial logic. I've been de debating this for a while. I could possibly see us removing that. It's something I'll strongly consider. Um, consumable costs and lobby. Um, I guess the way I feel about this is, like you said, you got to spend a lot of time in there, maybe all your time in a private match screen. And if you're not spending C bills there, there's no real drive to get you to go back into quick play or group queue and to be a part of the general population and to contribute to the matchmaker and contribute to that economy, essentially, you know, of the game, or at least a lot less pressure to get over there and exist. And there was some notion even, you know, that you have, the game really needs a lot of players playing in those general grinding modes. Um, I'm going to have to go back and think about this a little bit. It's not impossible. I'll consider it for sure. I, got to, I probably need to do a little more research on what other games do in this environment um, to see what the comparables are, just to make sure I'm making the right decision. But both of those things I'll, I'll strongly consider. Um, team swap button. Um, I'm going to skip over this for now because I, I think it's a neat idea, but it's a that's a quality of life feature. And I just think for the time being, we're too focused on, I want to focus more on what would be really valuable things from a smooth running competitive environment. Um, and obviously in, in the comp mode, you're not going to be swapping teams. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of brush over that one for now. It's a good idea, but I want to stay focused on the priorities. Um, Mulligan system. Um, this to me feels like, an item for the private match screen, as you've correctly identified, I don't believe that we'd ever, I don't know, Paul, for the comp mode, for the ranked mode, I mean, this, uh, 
you couldn't have this, right? I mean, once you get in there and you're locked into uh, a match, it's not it's... in open mode. But this is something that you probably want in the tournament build when you do have to have teams specifically being on team one. Right. So this is basically two. like a in-game. Well, I, I've watched my son play League, and I know they've got that like forfeit feature. This is similar to that in the sense that basically, if you get the majority of players per team or the or the two team captains or basically if you get agreement somehow in in game through hitting a button or something on the battle grid somewhere or something a button that says mulligan or whatever if you get agreement from both sides then you can you know bail from the match so that this this is something we'll have to think about paul and i you know the design team here because this is something that we may need in the um comp feature I think Magician um, has a comment on this, if uh, you don't mind. Yeah, I just want, I mean, there's a few reasons for a feature. Uh, in League Play, what sometimes happens is somebody gets disconnected, they can't rejoin the server. We don't know what causes that bug, but in that case, now you have a decision. Does everybody suicide? Do people just all disconnect, create a new lobby? You don't want your mechs to get locked in, because that does happen. And um, you don't want all your stuff to get revealed. So if you had a restart feature, then they wouldn't be able to see, oh, okay, they took these mechs. Now we know what they're generally going to be doing as a strat. You know, if they take gargoyles, we know they're going to rush, you know, things like that. So having a feature that allows just to restart, maybe it's a voting feature in game. Somebody clicks a button, says vote to restart. And then everybody, you know, it's got to be like the team captains or whatever have to both agree. Something like that would help address it. Okay. Um We'll, we're definitely going to take that under advisement. <clears throat> and uh, like I say, priority is going to go to these, the features that I think are, are going to be really useful and, and valuable to the, the competitive feature primarily. Fog of War, honestly, um, I've been wanting something like this for a long time. Now, is there not currently a difference between the, uh, uh, the quick play mode and uh or is it just faction play faction play is a little different right like they we hide the opposing mechs unless yes. you have the stuff yeah no honestly I, i've been wanting something like this for a long time and i think i brought it up a whole bunch of times and paul told me i was dumb no i'm just kidding <laughs> I, I, I think way way back i because i played a lot of world of tanks and uh uh, I believe you're going to want this in the comp mode too again yeah essentially you shouldn't see um you know the enemy the enemy mechs for certain it's just a point of like once they've been spotted on the battlefield by one of your players then yeah it could show up in the tab screen at that point but prior to that you know it shouldn't be there so i'm going to try to move quicker here so fog of war is is i think there's there's definitely room for improvements in this area for competitive reasons yeah this one specifically was in lobby like when you're actually readying up because you can say, oh, well, they're Alpha Charlie. We know they're doing this strat. Let's compensate. Oh, of course. Yeah. And I think in the comp feature, um, well, I guess that's something to just to make sure that we have button down, Paul, because I'm, I'm not sure what we'd uh, had planned there. But certainly, I think it could be, um, again, just from a priority standpoint for the comp feature, that would be, we'd be able to gray those out, I'm sure. Yep. But the Lance positions, is that also in the lobby you're talking about? Yeah, so just total to show them alphabetical would be great. Yeah, and, and the mech tonnage. Mech tonnage is also We don't want to see yeah. like, if they're under-tunned or whatever. Basically, like yeah. You're just basically going to be cutting down a list of player names in one giant uh, panel instead of having three separate panels for the Lances. 
basically just hiding information other than pilot name and ready status. But what about in game? Like even once you get it in game and you press the tab button, that is currently in alphabetical order. You cannot see their lands positions in game hitting tab. Right, right. So... Okay. All right, let's move along. That's good. Uh, spectator slots. Um, yeah, I mean, it's right now. I think we have around four already. It's just that there's a a couple of them dedicated to customer support, so we can spy. Um, and there's two. So I guess really just comes. I can't answer this until I go talk to, you know, Neiman, you know, Brian, and the you know, Windover and the engineers and say, you know, can we forward one more? Can we can we give them one more without you know creating, without impacting performance of the match? That's always the concern. Just like, sure. can the server handle the extra load? And do they need sure to that... spy on private lobbies? I'm sorry. Do they need to spy on private lobbies? Yeah, sure. I mean, right. absolutely. <laughs> Everyone says, yeah, these guys are cheating. Whatever, we can go in there and do our thing. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I understand why you asked it. If we could just sacrifice those for these, but no, we'd probably have to. We'd have to add to it. So, if there was even one added for a content creator, would that make all the difference in the world for you? That would make a big difference. Yes. Okay. Definitely. So we'll we'll ask. The coach slot. I'm gonna from a priority standpoint. I'm probably gonna have to scoot over this one. Um, I don't know what that would entail technically, because essentially it's gonna take a spectator slot, but it's just that they're spectating as a player spectates once they're dead. But it would be a spectator slot. Essentially. So can you have so you, like a thirteenth mech, but then just kill it right away? Yeah, which is going to have performance repercussions almost certainly. So, um, yeah, I'd have to the, technically I'd have to ask him about that because essentially you're adding two more spectators right there on top of the content one. So, you know, it's getting to be a lot potentially. So, I mean, it's, that's not going to be you know as high priority as as the other ones, especially Fog of War, Mulligan. Those ones are. Definitely at the top of the list, I think. Let's see. Ability to pass lobby leader. I mean, that's that's a that's a good ask. I like it. Um, don't suppose that will have any. That won't really have any play in the comp feature, will it, Paul? Because once you get nope. to that screen, you're there, right? Because yeah. I know you guys don't know exactly how it works, but once that clock hits zero and you are matched with someone, you're going to end up at that screen where you vote and stuff, and you're going to see the private lobby screen with pretty much just kind of in a locked-in state. Like, you're not going to be twiddling with dials or anything because, obviously, the competitive rules are locked in. Uh, but at that point, there's no real reason to switch or swap or anything. You're locked into that match. So I like the feature ask. Um, Priority-wise, we'll try to find time to look into that, but it won't be needed for the comp feature, so it might be just a little bit further down the priority list. Um, same with that next one. I mean, that's quality of life feature that is valuable. We'll definitely look at that, but it won't be needed for the um, comp feature. So it's pretty late. Let's keep moving if we can. I don't know if those sure. ones in the black text are as important or if you want to move, no, on, move to on to the spectrum. next No, we can, we can move on, but they are, they are important. They just don't necessarily need to be said or gone over right now, but we do want to make you guys aware that it's something that we'd like to see. I want to um, reiterate that this is going to be an ongoing discussion. Uh, PGI now has this document, and there'll be, like I said, ongoing discussions on Reddit and the forum. So this isn't uh, you know make it or break it tonight. Yeah, so honestly, I could think I can, this last section, I don't even need, really need to get you go through. I mean, we have, uh, I, I definitely think we're going to have to find time um, 
for a whole round of, of spectator tool improvements. Um, just, you know, you guys have, I think we've continued to work with you guys and we've, there's always some sort of like living document out there of like the, you know, most desired tweaks and fixes to the spectator tool, red text, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I absolutely, I think I can commit here that we will find time for a round of improvements on the spectator tool. Um, timing you got wise. My number. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think timing wise, obviously the deadline there would be ideally, I don't think we'll be able to get them in time for like when the comp feature ships in June, because our bandwidth is just so used up to that. But obviously the critical moment is going to be just a couple months after that, whenever we're getting near that locked in state of going into some finals, we're going to, we're going to want to have the, all the, all, you know, a list of improvements done for that moment. So that kind of gives you a rough idea of in that, you know, early fall, September one timeframe, to me, that's just spitballing here, but that's sort of a deadline that we have to get a round of improvements in so that we're ready for this year's, you know, finals and stuff. Um, that's probably the best I can do as far as, you know, a commitment is on timing for something like that. But all this stuff will be considered. Um, I'm sure they're, re I mean, I, I'm skimming the list and I think what we'll do there is, you know, we'll, we'll get that, that kind of living document or start a new one and uh, we'll create the, you know, the top, 10, 20 desired things and uh, try to get in as many of them as we can. And, you know, the tool will be better this year than it was last year. Absolutely. I did quick want to touch on one other thing for the lobby improvements. I, I think it should have probably been a blue one, but uh, this would matter to some of the leagues and maybe even start new leagues. Faction play mode in private lobby. I think a lot of people would be really interested in seeing that. Uh, not just the invasion maps, but the faction play mode on all of the available maps. Yeah, I'm gonna have to remind myself after this call as to why they're not there. Like I know it's been discussed, and we came up with reasons, and I don't remember what those are anymore. So I have to remind myself and you know reconsider that. I I can't think at the moment why they're not there. Um, it might have been something to do with. Uh, no, I don't think it was necessarily server capacity limited or there might have been some concerns about um, too many people hanging out in private lobbies playing faction play matches, you know, long 30-minute matches and starving the faction play queues, uh, you know, not playing faction play where you're supposed to be playing faction play. So that that's, that is a legitimate concern. Um, although we find, you know, the populations in... in um, in the private match screen have not proven to be detrimental to live queues in any other area of the game. So it's, it quite possibly isn't here either. And maybe it's a non-concern at this point. So maybe we can do that. So I'll promise we'll look into that and strongly consider that as well. All right, then, uh, you know, like I said, ongoing discussion, unless anybody, I mean, I, I will say we'll take a few minutes. If any of you on the panel have any, Final comments, parting words before we go. Um, now's the time to let us know. Um, is that you, Silken? You want to say something? Yeah, I would like to go over the premium time removal again. Uh-huh. Go for it. So if I if I remember this correctly, you said you would reevaluate removing the premium time requirement from private lobbies. Is that correct? Yes, I said I'd strongly consider it. Okay, cool. Because like for mine and towels are one v one leagues. This is along with you know stats, the single most 
important subject to us because like we obviously want to be able to get new players and we are the most new player friendly leagues uh available because it's just you just take yourself and your mech in and you just fight someone and you play and the fact that they have to come in with premium time or be given a code is very limiting for who is able to come and what they're able to do and then say they do get premium time for that one day they come in they're able to play well they're going to get crushed by people who go and they practice for that week or that month you know leading into it so being able to remove premium time so that new players are able to not only participate in tournaments and leagues like this, but be able to practice, you know, continuously for them would be, you know, a significant improvement. And if Tal wants to, you know, elaborate on any of that, something I may have forgotten, you know, go ahead. Sure. No, I, I agree. I mean, the, what you said is accurate. I think that as a, um, as a feeder, if you will, to the rest of the competitive community, all the community run leagues and, like that the i think the 1v1s aren't definitely the biggest uh they don't involve the most people but i can say that overwhelmingly we we encounter a lot of very new to the community uh kind of players even people who've been playing for a very long time that just recently discovered that there are people that you know get together and talk about and play and discuss and get involved in MechWarrior outside of the actual game that, that you know where the in-game lfg has fallen i'm sure they, they find communities outside in TeamSpeak, discord or wherever and uh, those are the kinds of people that find themselves in the 1v1 league because it requires the least logistical overhead. And I think that that acts as a very good launching platform for the larger leagues and the premium time necessary to practice in those lobbies is definitely a barrier for entry for what I would consider one of the largest um, sources for, uh, yeah, it's, it's a huge hurdle. It's, it's for one of the largest sources of, of um, new people that would be committed and would be excited about committing to, um, you know, more intensive and exciting, engaging community-run events. Uh, it, it requires a lot to get a whole team together dedicated scheduling-wise and roles and all that stuff dialed in for uh, larger leagues like Star League and, and MRB. Uh, you're cutting out there, Doust. Um, but I do agree. What have you? Nope, there you are. You're back. You cut um, out there for a while. Feeders, like I said, launching points for people in the community and reducing those barriers for entry. All right. Yeah, I agree. 1v1s are a gateway drug to the rest of the comp scene. Um, any other final statements, arguments, anything before we head out here, guys? All right. I think we're going to call it. That is the first official comp competitive play roundtable. Um, appreciate all of you for being here. That includes Russ Bullock and Paul Inouye and uh, all the guys on the panel uh, that represented the community from their perspective tonight, uh, as well as the people that helped out in chat. Phil, of course, uh, Wingbreaker, Zoof, and uh, Deadfire. Everybody else that was here tonight and all of you out there, we appreciate you being here and have an awesome weekend. Russ or Paul, do you have anything to say in closing? Yeah, just let me say thanks um to all the panel that came i mean you guys do an amazing job with the community and managing it and running these tournaments your passion is awesome appreciate all your guys support and um thanks for showing up thanks for doing that thanks for having us thanks for having us uh yeah. only thanks thing i'd like to time. add to that is it'd be nice to see a lot more of you guys in particular plus some of the members of your drop teams to be showing up for the master's challenges right now. yes we need more masters. Well, Absolutely. I mean, I try, but you got to get, you know, <laughs> asked or selected on the rigged system. 
Mess- <laughs> message me on the on the forums. Thanks, Paul. Um, all right, guys. Everybody out there, have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time, MechWarriors. <laughs>